In the name of one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As you hear this refrain, I want you to take note on exactly how you feel when you hear this. Happy birthday to you. And you know how the rest of that song goes. But I know for many of us, when we hear that idea, happy birthday, it's celebration comes to mind. And we just think about all the past birthdays, if we have children to celebrate, and, and just all the, the pageantry that, that can go with the tradition of happy birthday. And then there are those of us that have had many birthdays up until this point. And we probably just think, oh, great, another birthday. I'm just happy to be here. Maybe we have a, a sense of humbug or what's going on. A happy birthday can connote in us many different feelings and emotions, both thinking to the past and then thinking ahead of, of, of what is coming. Well, today, Pentecost is the birthday of the church. And as Joe read in that, I want to really focus in on that second reading or second chapter of Acts reading, whereas it's we read it every time, every Sunday, we have the festival of Pentecost. And from that reading, I want to consider just what the birthday of the church means to us. We will look at the miracle of what Pentecost and what happened there actually was. We will look at the response that is in that Acts reading to that miracle. And then we will consider what it means for us all these years later. So first, let us consider the miracle of Pentecost. Now, we got to do a little contextual work to set that up to help us understand the miracle. There, there they are on the second biggest festival in the Jewish calendar, that being the, the pilgrimage of Pentecost, where people would come to Jerusalem just like they would for Passover, uh, being, Passover being the first of those big feasts, but they would come on Pentecost and come as a pilgrimage to Jerusalem to be gathered together, all the devout Jews, but with that being the, the, all the hoopla that would go on with it and the, the beauty of the pilgrimage they would make, people from all over over the known world, which we heard in that reading, would come and just gather to be there for the excitement, the pageantry, the, the religious gathering, all that part of it. But this Pentecost would be a little different. We have heard as we've been tracking through the gospel story, Jesus has risen from the dead after his crucifixion, and then he has appeared to several small groups and a few larger groups of people along the way over a period of about 40 days. And then as we remembered last week, uh, he ascended. And then he told the disciples, wait in the upper room and something, a way I have never acted and moved before will await you. And 50 days after his resurrection up into his ascension at 40 days, in that 50 days, the Holy Spirit would come upon them in that upper room. And we consider the miracle and some of the mystery of what happened for the disciples and for the crowd that would gather because of Pentecost and the movement of God in this miracle of Pentecost. We hear a loud sound that comes that sounds like a mighty wind has has stirred has, has shaken Jerusalem 
at that point, much like last night, we had a big storm and lightning hit very close to my house, louder than I have ever heard before. And I looked outside and I, and I saw all my neighbors, even in the rain, turning on their lights and coming outside to see what was going on. What was that loud noise? This mighty loud sound that came like wind was God coming. And all the people, a crowd heard it and would gather. But in the upper room where the disciples are gathered, we hear that the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And there are these symbolic or divided tongues that appear like fire that rest over each of them. And then that miraculous gift of them being able to speak all the people that are gathered in all the languages where there's a, a language barrier that is broken down. And by the Holy Spirit coming, the disciples it could speak the languages of everyone that would be gathered. And it would be so they could understand what was to come in the response to this miracle. But talk about a mystery and a miracle that we remember. But as I mentioned before, all too often, all this time later, 2,000 years later, it is easy for us, as I said, how does happy birthday come upon you when I say that statement or you hear that song? For some of us, it, it's a time of joy as we remember back to it. And for others of us, it's I've done so many of these that it's just kind of going through the motions every time that we come to Pentecost Sunday. So, of course, I want to remember back to this one-time unique event that is so important for the life of the church. But there, we don't have to just remember backwards because remaining here for us, even on this day, as we'll hear Peter preach, there is transformation of our hearts, minds, bodies, and souls as the Holy Spirit continues to be with us day in and day out and what hope we have to from that. So with that, let us consider the response to this miracle that we have just discussed. And at first we see the crowd that has come out after that loud noise, God coming on the scene, and they see what has, has happened with the disciples. And some of them say, what is going on? What does all of this mean? But we actually see as well some of them saying, oh, they've just been hitting the sauce a little too hard. And they're blaming it on drunkenness for some of the miraculous things that they have been seeing and then will continue to eventually see as the, as the story and Acts continues to unfold. But then we see the response in Peter. The same Peter that just at the time of the crucifixion that we read about that not once, not twice, but three times actually said, I do not know that man. Denying any relationship or connection that he had had to Jesus out of fear, out of fear for his own life and fear that his death may be coming imminent. As the Holy Spirit has come upon Peter as he is about to preach the greatest gospel sermon that, that has ever been recorded, the Holy Spirit falls upon him. And there is a new Peter now speaking with clarity and boldness as to what this miracle of Pentecost means for us all. As he preaches, he opens up and he says, it's only nine in the morning. It is not that they have been drinking, but the Holy Spirit is come. And he first in his sermon, in his response to the miracle, refers to 
the prophecy of Joel. And that the coming of the Holy Spirit in that miracle was the fulfillment of the prophecy in Joel. Like any good preacher, Peter is referring to prophecy in Scripture. And then he'll have a message that just pierces all of us and yet also brings such hope and joy in what the gospel of Christ means to us all. In the prophecy that Peter preaches, he first opens up as he will say, that the Holy Spirit will come on all who seek the Lord. Because of the Holy Spirit coming in the last days, the Holy Spirit will come upon uh, on all. Now, if you want to do some Greek study, is there other definitions of what all may mean? It actually means all. The Holy Spirit will be available to us all with the fulfillment of this prophecy of Joel. And the coming of the Holy Spirit in that miracle was the solidifying of what we call the new covenant. As Jesus would come, ascend, and leave his Holy Spirit for us to have day in and day out in what, what Joel and what Peter referenced to as the last days. And as he finishes that line of going through all the prophecy of Joel, he says, And all of those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, great joy. Who wouldn't want that? But then Peter goes right to the heart of the crowd. And I found this so interesting to think about, that the crowd that was gathered 50 days after the, the festival of Pentecost and seeing the uh, some of them seeing what had happened at the death and the resurrection of Jesus, there was probably 50 days later a, a, a crowd of different people who weren't even there to experience Jesus being nailed to the cross. But that doesn't seem to matter to Peter as he says, you and understood all of you that are here listening to this sermon that I am giving, you were all guilty and complicit in handing Jesus over to wicked and lawless men to be hung to the cross. But death could not hold him. And as it was foretold in the direct plan of God for Jesus to come to be that sacrifice for all the sins of the world, this is the gospel. You see Peter bringing before the crowd that is there, preaching what is not the most, uh, it's not the most seeker-friendly ser sermon there ever been, but it's the most powerful gospel sermon there has ever been. As he says, all of you, whether you were there physically or not, had a hand in nailing Jesus to the cross because of the sin in your lives and the sin in your hearts. But that was forgiven. With the cross. And this new covenant, this coming of the Holy Spirit, is the ushering in of the age of grace in which we still live. There's a, as we hear that, Later in the response that's later down in Acts 2, we see in response to the sermon that the people are cut to the heart, realizing their own sin, and then realize their forgiven and redeemed nature by the work of God and what the coming of the Holy Spirit means for them. So what does this mean for us? Let us, of course, remember all of this, but it is active and present in our lives today. I want to share a picture with you, which I actually comes from my office. And it's a picture that has, has 
my mom actually bought for me. And you see a young man in Jesus holding him, bringing him back up. And what comes to mind is that all those that are weary and heavy burdened come to me and I will give you rest. But if you look a little closer in, the, in how this art piece brings it to light, there is a hammer or a mallet and a nail in his hands as Jesus is holding him there. Have you ever considered that? How we, not just the crowd that is there, but we are complicit as well because of our sinful nature, our sinful exterior and our sinful hearts. We too, at one time, were those that had the nail and the hammer in our own hands. Just look around. The the pandemic continues and some of us are so sick of it that it has charged us and some of us are just hoping for the day that it comes with no end in sight and just look at what the news brought us last week on a national level a heartbreaking and gut-wrenching video of George Floyd with that cop and the cops all around and a small group are gathered as with a with a knee on his neck, struggling for breath, saying, I can't breathe, fearing for his own life to later find out that he would die. And what has come from from that, the grief, the despair, the lamenting, and just the, the riots that we have seen, there is obvious sin that is within the human heart that needs to be dealt with. And we've had it on display in many different forms and fashions just with that video and what is in the news. I know I have been lamenting and praying with God personally, dealing with my own thoughts of revenge and justice and all of those things. But I remember and am comforted by this message of the Holy Spirit and remembering Pentecost at this time. As we, and you may even be at that point where you're, you may be so grieved by what has got, you stopped watching the news a while ago because of personal things going on in your own life and you're just trying to pull through with that sadness and bitterness within seasons of grief that we all have at this point in time in history. We'll remember the words of the prophecy in Joel. And that Peter brings in his sermon that in the last days, we are living in those last days that the ascension all the way through the second physical coming of Christ, which we say in every different form of the creed. Those are the bookends of human history in which we now find ourselves and there will be the ups and downs in the circumstances of life. But listen to those words of Joel that Peter brings forward. That all the Spirit of God in this point in history, between those two bookends, the Holy Spirit of God will come upon all. And all that call upon the name of the Lord shall experience salvation. This is not just remembering a feast that happens 2,000 years ago. The coming of the Holy Spirit we have today and every day of our lives until God comes again. And we don't have to worry or we don't have to fear. The Holy Spirit speaks to us who we are and the truths about ourselves and then says by the work of Christ on the cross and the coming of this age of grace and the new covenant, you are forgiven people redeemed people that can walk with the Holy Spirit and grow into maturity of disciples. 
And as our hard hearts day by day become soft, it produces in us praise of the one who came and died on the cross, rose again and ascended and waits for us until he returns again. But until that time, we have his grace through his promised Holy Spirit that meets us in every up and down circumstance of our lives. All praise be to him for the work he continues to do through his Holy Spirit, which is here even now and every day until he comes again. Amen. Good job.